Watch out for space herpes. NASA issues a warning as the virus reactivates in astronauts in space. A pigeon sells for a record $1.4 million. The court tells a concerned father to allow your kid to transition or you're a child abuser. These are the weird stories for today. I'm your host, Jonesy. This is Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. How about that? Look out for the space herpes. Yeah, NASA issues space herpes warning as the virus reactivates in astronauts. Oh man, it's bad enough you got to worry about terrestrial herpes. Now you got to worry about the space herp. <laughs> Just another speed bump to us leaving our planet. Sure, I want to live on Mars, but what kind of STDs are up there? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I got Marsaria. It's kind of like gonorrhea, but it's from Mars. <laughs> stupid, stupid joke. Please forgive me. So anyways, NASA has issued a warning about space herpes. Is this real? I can't believe it. It's uh, after a study found that this herpes virus was reactivating in, in the crew aboard a space shuttle and the International Space Station missions. Does that mean they didn't have the herpes or they had it at one point, then it went away? but it was reactivated in outer space. That's wild. According to the agency, or maybe like because herpes goes dormant, doesn't it, or something? You never really get rid of it. But maybe maybe the, uh, the gravity makes the herpes go wild. Herpes is a very low-gravity STD, apparently. Uh, can you get herpes from aliens? Uh, so according to the agency, while only a small portion of the astronauts develop symptoms as a result of the dormant virus awakening, it could spell danger for longer spaceflight missions. For instance, to Mars. Oh, herpes danger. That's going to be ha- that's going to have to be a new emergency alarm that you put in all of our spacecraft. Woo! 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 Space herpes. Space herpes. NASA astronauts endure weeks or even months exposed to microgravity and cosmic radiation, not to mention the extreme G-forces of a takeoff and a re-entry, says Dr. Satish Mehta. This physical challenge is compounded by more familiar stressors like social separation, confinement, altered sleep-wake cycle, added Dr. Mehta. All right, we'll get into the herpes, doctor. The research is published in the journal Frontiers in Microbiology and concerns the reactivation of the herpes virus rather than a new virus which has developed in space. Oh, so this is, this ain't no new strain herpes. It's the same old herp. It just likes microgravity, apparently. But how about this, Dr. Meta? How about you also look for these other uh, space-bound STDs, right? I mean, what happens if I dry hump a meteor? Do I get anything? So, <laughs> dumb. NASA's thorough medical systems measure the physiological impact of spaceflight by analyzing astronauts' saliva, blood, and urine throughout the spaceflight. During spaceflight, there is a rise in secretion of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, which are known to suppress the immune system. In keeping with this, we find that astronauts' immune cells, particularly those normally suppress, that normally suppress and eliminate viruses, become less effective during spaceflight, and sometimes for up to 60 days after spaceflight. Due to the suppression of this immune system in space, the astronauts' bodies are less able to keep dormant viruses down, allowing them to reactivate. This includes herpes. Okay. To date, 47 out of 89, that's 53% of the astronauts on short space shuttle flights, and 14 out of 23, that's 61%, on longer ISS missions, shed herpes viruses in their saliva or urine samples. Oh boy, does that mean it's even more um, liable to be 
spread as well on a space shuttle. It's bad enough I got to worry about my calcium leaving my body and all that other crap that goes with microgravity extension. Now I got to worry about getting herpes that's floating in the atmosphere. Ugh. This is more and more. I don't think I'm going to space. I really wanted to, but I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. By the way, why why all these astronauts have herpes? What's the deal with that? Is astronaut school like a giant sex fest? Like I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, astronauts are supposed to take care of their bodies, right? You're supposed to take care of yourself. Be... How many astronauts are just like not having protected sex is what I'm wondering. It's like, if you can't keep your shit safe on the planet Earth, like, what are you doing way up there? Like, hello? You're supposed to be the safest, most thoughtful human beings that we have. That's why you became an astronaut and you're going to space. If you can't even, <laughs> if you can't avoid herpes on Earth, what the hell? I got to worry about these promiscuous astronauts sleeping with an alien up there, and then who knows what they're going to bring back. Next thing you know, I'm making out with them, and some my body becomes a host for some alien, like the movie Alien. I can't. I can't work like this. Astronauts, get it together, okay? How about you don't let any astronauts with herpes up into space? I question their lifestyle already if they got it. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I know you can get herpes other ways, all right? I'm just trying to be funny here. And I've never had an opportunity to make fun of astronauts before because they've always been more superior than me. But in this instance, no, no. They're, uh, they're just riddled with STDs, apparently. <laughs> oh, okay, but here, Jonesy, here's some other information. There are eight known herpes viruses, including the strain for chickenpox, which once contracted will stay within their host's nerve cells for their entire life. So I think shingles is also probably related to this. So that means I, I, we're all carrying around, if you had chicken pox, you're, we're all carrying around dormant herpes. These are most likely kept suppressed by the immune, immune system, but the, if the immune system is suppressed by space exploration, then they could pose a significant risk to astronauts traveling to Mars and beyond. Well, anyways, my advice to you is just be careful with hooking up with astronauts because obviously astronaut school is a bunch of orgies going on. <laughs> Sold for a record $1.4 million. A champion pigeon named Armando. An auction house called Armando, the best Belgian long-distance pigeon of all time. He's been dubbed the Lewis Hamilton of pigeons. Ooh, this is a champion pigeon. Before the sale, the record was about $375,000 for a pigeon. However, Pippa says this was beaten. This auction house, Pippa. Strange name for an auction house. The auction house Pippa says this was beaten within a day of Armando being put up for bids. The champ Armando, who turns five this year, is now enjoying his retirement and has already fathered a number of chicks. It was unreal, the feeling. It was something out of this world, says Nicholas Gelsebrek, the CEO of Pippa, short for Pigeon Paradise. Oh, this is a place that only auctions off pigeons? Who's buying pigeons for this amount of money? This is crazy. I got pigeons outside my balcony. Just go get one of those for 10 bucks. Pigeons. Who cares? They're everywhere. They're gross. I don't understand. Apparently they race. Pigeons race. This is the first I've heard of it. Here's a quote. In our wildest dreams, we never hoped for a price like that this pigeon went for. We hoped for around 400000 to 500000 We only dreamed of 600000 Well, apparently broke the record. Mr. Jill's... Mr. Gilzebrek said that two buyers from China ended up in a bidding war, escalating from a half a million all the way up to $1.4 million in just over an hour. Well, these Chinese guys want their pigeons. What's the matter? They got no pigeons over there? I don't understand. 
To put it all in perspective, he says, the usual, the usual price for a racing pigeon is around 2500 bucks. But Armando's no usual, uh, no usual racing pigeon, apparently. The last three races of his career were the 2018 Ace Pigeon Championship, the 2019 Pigeon Olympiad, and the Angulame, whatever that is. And Armando won them all. Well, Armando not, is not racing anymore. So although Armando's racing days are behind him, Mr. Gilzebrek says that racing pigeons can carry, can carry on having chicks until they're about 10 years old and actually live up to 20 years old. While Armando will now settle in for a quiet life, it's likely his new owners will breed him and race his progeny. Wow. Pigeon races. I mean, what the who Get a life with your pigeon race. Really? This is what you do? Race pigeons? You gotta be... Come on. This is a thing? Really? Someone want to clue me in? Where, do they, where, where are they racing pigeons? This is a world Olympiad event. There's one of them is called the Olympiad. I've never heard of this crap. These pigeons out here in LA are useless, by the way. They, I'm, I would imagine they can't race for anything. This is, they're all, they, they race to go uh, scoop up the, <laughs> the, the needles that are lying in the gutter, that's for sure. Can't do it. I'm not averse to pigeon racing. I would go and watch, a, I guess I'd watch a live pigeon race if someone brought me and bought me copious amounts of beer because I can't be sober at a pigeon race. I'm going to be bored out of my mind. I feel like it's still a little much to pay for a pigeon even though this pigeon's won a lot of races, really. Armando. I mean, it's still over a million for a pigeon. I mean, you could buy like a, a racetrack for, for that much. You could buy like, how many, how many amazing race cars could you buy? You could buy a pigeon. You could buy some race horses for, you know, which probably make more money than these race pigeons. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I'm in the dark about the subject of pigeon racing. I don't even know why I'm weighing in on it. I have no qualifications for such things. Anybody else, anything, you know, anything about pigeon races? Just, just hit me up and tell me I'm an idiot. I'm going to start catching pigeons in downtown LA and maybe I can trick somebody into being like, no, no, this, this thing won the, um... It won the downtown L.A. Alley Olympiad. Yeah, it was the fastest pigeon in the alley in 2018. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you for 50 gay. 50K for this pigeon. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A court tells a father, allow your kid to transition or you're a child abuser. A father has appealed a recent court decision that blocked him from preventing his young child from transitioning to a male gender. The Supreme Court of British Columbia, Canada, ruled that the 14-year-old who identifies as transgender transgender can start hormone therapy. The father appealed the decision in the beginning of March. The court ruled that the, the father's uh, appeal isn't going to be granted. He just believes that his child needs some protection at this point. Just too young to make such a decision, said the father's lawyer. The court, which withheld the family members' names, explained that the teenager, though biologically female, has lived as a boy since age 12, 11. How? Like, we need details. Uh, you're, 
you're 11, so you're not having sex. So how are you living like a, you're putting, uh, you know, boy posters on your wall? Is that dressing like a boy? This isn't completely living like a boy. Uh, the child wanted to start testosterone hormone therapy last summer, and the mother and doctors agreed. However, the father opposed the treatment and took the matter to court. The man then found himself up against not just the mother and the child, but also medical professionals, teachers, the school district, and the education ministry. Why are all these people getting involved in the body of this individual? According to legal experts, the ruling sets a precedent in family law that transitioning is a health decision to which children have a right. Parents must respect their kids' chosen gender, pronouns, and name. Do kids have a right? I mean, kids don't really make... Kids don't even really decide whether or not they take out their wisdom teeth. <laughs> like, they don't make that decision. You, you know, you, Or having, you know... I don't know. I'm trying to think of instances where children do not make health decisions. Most of the time, it's your parents. Why? Because you're really too young to make a decision, like, when it comes to major health issues. Uh, okay, so doing otherwise, including... Okay, parents must respect their kids' chosen gender, pronouns, and name. That's what's going on here. Doing otherwise, including misgendering a child or even trying to talk him or her out of transitioning, could get parents reported to authorities for emotional abuse. Trans rights lawyer Adrian Smith. Come on now. Trans rights lawyer. You're not helping the situation. You're telling me a parent shouldn't be involved in a child's decisions and, and all that and even, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Or even, tra- like, trying to talk the child out of transitioning, that's child abuse. You're out of your mind, trans lawyer. <laughs> Young trans people can take comfort that the way that they are often misgendered and deadnamed is a human rights violation and could rise to the level of being family abuse, said this lawyer. Who is transgender, transgender, of course, and uses gender-neutral pronouns. And if you don't use a gender-neutral pronoun... With them, they will sue you, obviously. And if you don't have a gender-neutral bathroom in your place of business, this lawyer will also sue you. A lot of suing going on over here. And now this person's, uh, this lawyer is putting their fingers into a family here and uh, trying to make some drastic changes in how decisions are being made. And I I don't know if I agree. I mean, a 14-year-old, that's really not old enough to make a decision like this, in my opinion. You know, uh, I once, this is a major health decision. You can't even have a vasectomy at 14. You're not allowed to. I, met, I once met someone who had a vasectomy at the age of 19. And I was like, dude, that is way early. <laughs> I thought that was too early. But the guy was like, you know, I know I decided. I thought that was a little early, but I mean, 19. Okay. All right. All right. I, 18 plus. What can you say? So if they want to change this to 18 plus, I'm on board with that. You know, these are, these are major health decisions. And, you know, when you're, you have to, you have to let yourself get old enough to grow your reality tunnel. You think at 14, you know how the world works. You know, you know what you want. You don't know what you want. You're fed to think that you want things that you don't want at young ages. 
It takes time for us to grow out of that. It takes time for us to grow to the age where we go, oh, all these adults and cultural institutions have been lying to us, telling me that I'll be happy if I go to a four-year college and spend as much money as possible on it, telling me I'll be very happy if I can get some Air Jordans on my feet, telling me I'll be happy if I listen to this music and have a waistline like this. And then you get older and you go, oh, none of those things really make you happy. It takes you a while to find out what makes you happy. This is why people aren't allowed to make decisions, drastic decisions when they're early, which is a good thing. You should get some experience. You should have, you should experience as many different points of view as possible. Diversity. All of these things. So I think, you know, maybe I could be talked out of this, I suppose. I'd like to hear other points of view. This is the first time I've, we've had to talk about this because this is the first issue of it, but. I got to say, you, you should probably, it seems to me like making uh, someone wait till they're 18 to make a decision like this would be better for everybody. Um, but maybe maybe you have a better, maybe you have another take on it. You could convince me. I would love it if you called Weird AF News and talked about this. This is this could be a real fire issue here. The, to the parents, the court is saying, it's not your values that matters here. It's your child's values around their own body and their decisions and how they show up in the world. Yeah, but there's other places that aren't letting you have abortions and that kind of crap. I mean, it's like, wh- wh- where are we? <laughs> okay. Can you, you can't have an abortion, but you can totally rip out your vagina. Is that what's happening? I don't understand that. Uh, we're, we're very backwards, is my point. This is what's going on. Uh, and why, why wouldn't a parent's values matter? Of course, the, how do you say a parent's values don't matter? It's, a, it's the family's values. They don't matter. The child's values supersede the family's values. Is that a new thing? What the child wants? This is, this is a whole other movement where it's like what the child wants supersedes what the, what's best for the family. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about this transgender, not just this transgender thing, but like there's many, many cases of this. And it's changed the way that children are being raised. And I got to tell you, they're turning into major assholes. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. The child who's been given everything they want and is allowed to make all sorts of decisions and not put in their place by some parents and other family members that are older than them turns into a total dick. It's true. And there's a total movement to let the child do whatever the hell they want. And then, they're, you know, I'm dating these people. Not da- I mean, I'm trying to date them. Well, it's not really working out. And I, and I can see why. It's because these young, these young people are never told no and they become pricks. Now you're going to let this child at age 14's personal values supersede the families. It's like, no, you wait till you're 18 and then your values can come into and, and supersede. Well, we're going to listen to your values. I'm not saying don't listen. But you just, by default, your values and your decisions supersede the families. That's, that's, this court is making a bad decision in my, my opinion. You'll be happy to know that Canada has been a world leader in advancing transgender rights. In 2017, the federal government passed Bill C-16 into law, protecting gender expression and gender identity. I think that's great. I'm not anti-transgender rights. Uh, Psychology professor Jordan Peterson, the article says, famously opposed this legislation, arguing that it is a threat to free speech. Uh, That seems a little complicated. I can't weigh in on that. This article goes on to say some... uh, When it comes to children, a number of experts have warned that many parents, educators, and doctors have become too accommodating 
While there is not yet long-term research on transition outcomes, the concern is that children may regret the often irreversible process when they get older. Okay, so from a medical standpoint too, there's concerns. This is a major, major decision that we don't know what long-term effects could have. And so if if you're 13 years old and you're like, I want it, like slow it down, okay? And if you're, and certainly if your parents try and, try to make you reconsider or talk you out of it. That is not child abuse, which is what this article started out by saying. And that is out. That is outrageous. Don't even get... I mean, you can't even argue for that. I will not hear it. <laughs> also, obviously, this is a... This is a loaded topic. Um, call Weird AF News, 646-450-2012 or email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Uh... Especially parents and especially transgender people. Um, I want to hear all points of view. I think it's very helpful to have discussions around this stuff, obviously. It's weird, but it's very important. Hey, hey, weirdos. What's up? It's Jonesy. Thanks for calling in. I'm going to publish several calls at the end of this episode, um, so listen for yours. Uh, Some of my old school OG peeps calling in I love to hear from, including uh, James and Angel in Texas, who I just adore. Thanks. That that call made me feel really good. Dallas, it's nice to hear from you. Bobby Ray, as always, uh, and some new callers that are just discovering the podcast. And uh, I appreciate that, that you call in. Feel free to call in and say I love this because that makes me feel amazing. Um, Also, tell your friends about Weird AF News. Why not? I mean, I think people would like this. It's a good break from regular news, right? I mean, regular news, that makes you want to just... Put a razor blade to your to your wrist, right? And just lay in the tub <laughs> for the most part. That was a little dark. Sorry. Uh, it, do, it definitely makes you want to uh, drink yourself into oblivion, right? Because the regular news is just so sad and uh, makes the world sound like a very dangerous place. You know, you could just take a nice break from that with Weird AF News. Your friends might enjoy that. So I'm saying spread the word. The best way to spread anything is by word of mouth anyways. Look, at, I've tried to spread this podcast on... Facebook and all those other places. People are sick of it because there's so much crap on the internet already. They're already being bombarded by so much stuff. It's just like you can't stand out. Word of mouth is the way to do it. So if you enjoy Weird AF News, chances are one of your friends will. So tell your friend. That would make me feel good. Leave a rating and a review. That's pretty cool. I had a wonderful weekend in uh, San Francisco and uh, I'll be making a video of that. I also released on my Patreon, I released a some prank calls I made to Florida DUI schools asking them if they would please teach my son how to drive drunk better. <laughs> I had some strange reactions to that. <laughs> so I think you'd enjoy that. Those of you who are on my Patreon, you'll uh, take a listen to that. And to those of you who are not on my Patreon and you want to hear that, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Weird AF News and uh, join the Patreon. You can join for as little as two bucks a month, which is like buying Jonesy a cup of coffee. Why not buy Jonesy a cup of coffee a month? Why not? It's the least you could do. There's other stuff on there. You get my album for free. You get to listen to my interview that I did with uh, a cuddler. The video I made when I went to the Disgusting Food Museum in New York and uh, in downtown Los Angeles. And uh, I'm going to be putting up some cool stuff every month. So that's just extra shit. I don't know. Uh, call the show, 646-450-2012. Email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. Hit me on Instagram. Hit me. It's at uh, funnyjones. And on Twitter, you can hit me on Twitter. At Funny Jones. And on Facebook, it's Comedian Jonesy. It's good to be back in LA. It's good to be back on the podcast with you guys. Hope you have a great week. Thank you. Hey, Jonesy. This is the Rambling Gen Xer. 
just stumbled across your podcast and really enjoyed the episodes I've listened to so far. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to the fact that I'll be able to unwind each day with a good chuckle. So keep it up, and talk to you later. Hello, Jonesy. This is James and Angel in Texas. Hey, I just wanted to reach out because we haven't called in a while. Let you know that we were still here, still listening to you. Wanted to tell you how much we appreciated having our own comedian on demand. I love stand-up comedy, and you just add to the spice. I really appreciate it. Not one particular story I'm calling about or anything, but hey, wish me luck as I go try to electrically wire a new house. And I've only watched the YouTube video to instruct me, so I'm expecting everything to go 100% correct, okay? I hope you have a good weekend. You take care, okay? All right. Bye-bye. Hey, Jonesy, just wanted to tell you that I love your podcast. You are so amazing. Keep going. What's good, Jonesy? Showing love all the way from Connecticut. It's your boy, the pod killer. Long, long time no speak, man. You know, I'm still tuned in. Still be listening, man. Always funny shit, man. Coming through, showing love all the way from Connecticut, like I said, man. Get at me. It's your boy, the pod killer. Shit. Hey, Josie, this is Dallas from Minnesota. I'm finally back in Minnesota now, uh, no longer in Texas. Um, I know I'm a little late to the party, but I, I wanted to comment on, on the story you did a couple days ago uh, about the uh, senior citizens wanting to be called 50-plus. Now, the thing I, I, I don't agree with their standpoint on that is all it is is just another word, and people are going to think the same thing. So it, it's not really changing anything aside from just changing a word. And uh, uh, in, in that aspect, you know, it, it, if, uh, if you say 50 plus, now you're actually increasing my idea of what a senior citizen is. To me, you're not a senior citizen until you're 60. Now, now, now you've just increased it. Uh, and uh, uh, you're really not doing much of anything. Um, on, on the comment about uh, a person of an older age dressing like someone much younger, I disagree with your caller because, uh, you know, th- th- there's a standpoint of, okay, I'm fit and I'm going to wear clothes that, that, that allow my body to be appreciated. But there's another thing to look completely ridiculous and dressing like someone who's much younger than you are. Uh, you know, clothes that it would, uh, would be more seen of my teenage daughter than, than, than something of, uh, of an older person. Uh, kind of a, a story to go along this. I, I went to a strip club once, and from afar, there was this uh, uh, woman who was dressed in, you know, wearing pigtails and dressed in a, uh, kind of like a cheerleader outfit. Um, and, you know, from afar, I was like, okay, who's this? Then up close, I'm realizing, oh, you know, this person's like 45, 50, and it just looked ridiculous. It didn't look sexy. It looked ridiculous. And I'm not saying someone of that age can't be sexy. But you gotta you gotta portray yourself in the manner that fits uh, for for your age. You know, I'm I'm 42 years old. You're not gonna catch me wearing skin tight pants. I, I'm in good shape. I I walk six to 14 miles a day with my job. 
So I'm in darn good shape, and I probably could could portray my body looking better than a lot of 16- and 17-year-olds. But am I going to dress like them? Hell no. If you dress like them, you're a fucking douche, and you, you look like an idiot. That's my point. Hey, Jose, it's Bobby Ray from Bobby Ray Talks About Everything. In regards to your comments of the abortion issue and the government not controlling the body, maybe they should just go ahead and implement the laws from Logan's Run. You think that would make the world a better place? It would damn sure cut down on the population. Love you, Jonesy. This is Bobby Ray. Catch you later.